Good morning. How's everyone feeling? Remain calm. Ryan Tannehill, it was just announced, has been placed on the COVID-19 list. John Robinson just concluded a press conference. We're going to let you hear from the Titan GM here in just a second. We'll replay some of those comments for you bit by bit. But it's unfortunate that that's the way that we start today's show. We will have your full reaction to this news. Ryan Tannehill is now one of, let's count them, shall we? Two, three, four, five, six, seven players plus a head coach dealing with COVID or the COVID protocols. It has become a messy situation. It's beyond a messy situation, and it really, it really depresses me. Honestly, like, I was just having this conversation. I have conversations with myself in the car when I'm driving into work because I'm a bit of a sociopath. Just having this conversation with myself driving into work today, I'm like, you know, I'm really excited for football season. I really am. Last year was such a drag. I had literally, I had nothing for college last year because of the way that that was completely mutated by the amount of games that had to be rescheduled or missed, or you didn't know on a Wednesday if your team was playing on a Saturday. At least with the NFL, there was, you know, I, I, I don't know if I should say this, but like I rather enjoyed Tuesday night and Wednesday night football, even as I knew that the circumstances that we were all playing these games through was a bit absurd. So now this news comes down today and it and it really it felt like it was going it was getting ready to snowball once you saw a couple more guys test positive or excuse me were placed on the covid list being placed on the covid list does not necessarily indicate a positive test we should clarify that we do not know if Ryan Tannehill has covid-19 only that he's been placed on the reserve covid-19 list now I'm sure that will come out in the coming days but I again with this, and these are all guys that are vaccinated. John Robinson just got finished saying that 97, 97% of this team is vaccinated, including the quarterback who talked about this a couple of weeks ago, said the NFL, he wouldn't have got the vaccine if the NFL forced his hand. And, you know, I, I frankly, I said, good. Then the NFL did its job. So now Ryan Tannehill it's unclear whether he's displaying symptoms. That information was not disclosed. We know that when we last spoke with Mike Vrabel, that Mike Vrabel was experiencing almost non-existent symptoms, in his own words. But now you're talking about Harold Landry, Jeff Swaim, Justin March Lillard, who's a reserve linebacker, Jeremy McNichols, Nick DeZubnar, Anthony Rush, and Ryan Tannehill on the COVID-19 list. I, it really upsets me to think about the idea that we could be going through potentially understanding that we all at least have the vaccine available to us. And that last season, that wasn't the case. It, it really depresses me to think that this coming football season could look very similar to what last year did. I mean, think about the headspace that we were all in last August. Like I think people were, a, a lot of people were excited about just having the prospect of sports back, whether that was the NHL and the NBA returning or having college and football at college and, and the NFL to some degree, even though, you know, we understood what was going to go on around it and how much different this might look and how much, how much worse the product might be to experience because the circumstances around it were not ideal. I have no interest in doing doom and gloom radio. I'm really going to avoid that today. But at this point, 
with Bruce Arians' comments, all but sick shaming the Titans, when the reality of the situation is nobody got COVID until the team went to Florida for five or six days, which is about the least surprising thing humanly possible. Now, the Titans are not pointing fingers, and the Buccaneers are, which makes the situation difficult. And again, Mike Vrabel will speak to the media at 1.30 via Zoom today, indicating that he has at least not had two negative COVID tests in his return to, I guess not return to play, but return to coaching protocol. Needing two negative tests within a 48-hour period to be able to resume normal activities or go through a 10-day quarantine situation. I mean, listen, we we could we could take we could take the the low ground since Mike Vrabel and the Titans have not, you know, they've they've chosen to hold themselves above the fray. Because I'm sitting there looking at what Bruce Arians is saying, and listen, I have a ton of respect for Bruce Arians. I think that his position on COVID nineteen has been absolutely the correct one in how he has managed his players. But I'm also looking at, at the headline on first take today: Is Bruce Arians holding his team on house arrest during the regular season? And I would, be, I would be largely fine with that, to be honest with you, if it wasn't the fact that he was pointing the finger at the Titans because Ryan Suckup went to a dinner with some friends on the team, who, by the way, none of these individuals, and I'm comfortable reporting this, none of these individuals who are on the list were at the dinner with Ryan Suckup, who also has tested positive for COVID-19. So the whole he said, she said bleep lucas stay close to the dump button today because i'm pissed the whole he said she said situation that bruce arians and the buccaneers are starting to pull frankly i think it is just a bull it is a bold assumption by anybody and the idea that we're going to sick shame people right now is laughable to me especially after how ridiculous last season looked and you realize that there is not anybody who is not Within the who is not outside of the reach of COVID nineteen impacting their workflow, their day to day. John Robinson's talking about people he know in the last couple of days who have passed away from this thing. Like this is such an irritation to me. It's beyond an irritation because we've been in it for nineteen months, and for whatever reason, we still haven't figured out how to ha- properly handle it. And I'm not even talking about. From a, from a governmental standpoint. I'm talking about it from a societal standpoint. Who the hell is anybody, Bruce Arians or anybody in, the, in between, to be pointing fingers right now? I hate that approach. It's such... Yes, people in the YouTube chat are telling me Tannehill now on the COVID list. Yes, thank you, I know. <laughs> I appreciate you guys keeping a lookout. If you want to get involved with this, if you have thoughts, opinions on the matter, we welcome them today, 615 737 1045, we're going to play some of these comments for you, Lucas. I don't know. I, it, that co- press conference just ended, so I don't want to put Lucas on the spot if he doesn't have John Robinson audio to play. Uh, so we will have some of his comments here in just a second. If you would like to jump in on the conversation, you may do it via Zone TV on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and Twitch. You may do it via the phone lines, 615-737-1045, So John Robinson has just concluded this press conference he was talking about players on the COVID list and the vaccination percentage of the team. Let's hear from the Titans GM. Aaron Brewer passed his physical, so he'll be out here doing some some individual uh, work, uh, trying to get back to uh, return to play. Uh, we're going to add uh, three players, J.B. and Hawkins, uh, running back, uh, K. 
Cash Malua, a linebacker, and DB Nate Brooks uh, to the roster. And we're going to put on COVID IR um, Justin Mark Lillard, uh, Jeff Swain, and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, uh, just to comment on the on, on where we're at with the the protocols, we've uh, followed the protocols. We, our, our medical team has done an outstanding job um, with talking with the league um, and the, the players, coaches, Coach Brable um, has had minimal symptoms. Um, it's usually a day or two and and then, the, then they're over and they're, they feel great. And, and that's really what the main reason was A, to update you on the roster, and B, to just continue to, to urge vaccination. Um, I've seen it firsthand with the guys, Coach Rayle would speak to this, it's a couple days, and then they, they feel fine. Um, I've had two people that I know personally um, that have lost loved ones over the last couple days uh, to COVID. From, symptoms and complications and it's it's a life-saving vaccine that's titans general manager john robinson talking to the media today i mean literally 10 like not even 10 minutes ago what what do you think he was gonna do you think he meant to build up the suspense like that when he starts listing off the players on the COVID list and he gets to Tannehill last or you think he was just trying to you know put it off for as long as he could i shouldn't laugh this is this is this is serious because people, people in the on uh, at least on Facebook Live, Reggie Johnson Jr. is telling me, "Calm down, Buck. Don't blow a gasket. Why the hell shouldn't I?" This pisses me off. It feels like last year. I'm so sick of this bleep. It it the for a variety of different reasons. Okay, it is, and and I'm in a different position right than a lot of people. I have a microphone in front of my fr- face with which to express myself. And maybe that's not always a good a good thing because I can get in my head about this stuff. But I have struggled, as so many people have struggled over the last over, almost two years at this point, since that damn tornado rolled through North Nashville and rolled for about 30 miles through Middle Tennessee to the, to the pandemic happening, what, weeks after that? And now everything, I mean, the, you're, you're looking, it just feels like every time you turn on the television or scroll on your Twitter timeline, whether it's sickness or natural disaster, it it has given me legitimate angst. So to tell me not to blow a gasket, because I know the vast majority of that doesn't have to do with sports, but it also does. It has to do with society and all of us who are going through it together or trying to go through it together as best as humanly possible. And forgive me if I'm dealing with it in a way that really bothers me. I am so, I am so distressed at the idea that we could go through understanding that vaccinations have started and we're already to the point where people are talking about booster shots and things of that nature. I am so distressed at the idea that we have not found a way, and I understand that it's incredibly difficult to do, and I wish I had more answers than to just vent on air about this stuff because nobody wants to hear about my problems, but I feel like I'm speaking for a lot of people out there. And I don't want to, sp- I don't want to cast a wide net. I'm not saying that this is everybody has to feel the way that I feel because I feel like most people just want to ignore it, move on because it hasn't physically affected 
their lives or touch the lives of somebody that they love. But at this point, I don't know how the hell it couldn't. It's over. It it just it hovers over everything. And I don't want to go into another football season with just this impending sense of dread. And I know it's just guys being placed on the COVID list, but it's not just guys getting placed on the COVID list because we've seen how quickly last year that can snowball. We're not even a week one yet. So we'll see if we can't brighten up the proceedings. I know Ben Standing, I hate to drop Ben Standing in the middle of this because I'm clear, I'm clearly not in the mood to pivot to something that is not as serious, but we are going to try and keep things on the rails today. The Titans are practicing right now. We'll have their comments, their media availability post-practice. Mike Giardi of the NFL Network is going to be here as well because he's based out of New England and the Patriots are dealing with a COVID situation too and a quarterback conversation that I want to have over the course of today. You guys, you're welcome. I, I hope that we can have a respectful conversation. I hope that you guys are willing to have this conversation with me because it, it stuff like this can get messy, and I promise you that nobody is more tired of this crap than I am. But if you want to jump in, you can do it on Zone TV. You can do it on the phone lines. Ben Standard coming up next. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. So I'm trying to find a way to make jokes <laughs> because I felt like I came off super, uh, super strident. In the last segment. And maybe that's how I always am. But I'm just noticing it more today. Because I'm irritated. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to make jokes out of this. Now, hopefully, we, we, of course, updating you on the latest that the Titans have had several guys, including quarterback Ryan Tannehill, go on the COVID list. Today, practice has started. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are out there. So, at least, if you're talking about close contacts, uh, the we await the incubation period to see how much more widespread this thing could potentially be but from a close contact standpoint it is it is better that you see them out there now this becomes a complication right because just as julio jones is returning <laughs> yeah <laughs> right tan was like yeah you know i'm gonna take a couple days unbelievable I'm quarantine for a minute see you guys week one literally the i mean assuming he gets a little more work in today than he did yesterday because obviously it was just kind of half-speed, stretch, warm-up type stuff yesterday, right, for Julio Jones? Right. Well, he's practiced, so that would have been that would have been Tuesday. But, yeah, your point is well right. made. Right, uh, yeah, Tuesday. And if you want to get involved, 615-737-1045. Our, our friend Ben Standig of The Athletic will, uh, will join us here in just a little bit. He allowed us a little more room to work, given that there's been substantial news here this morning. So he will join us. And he does have – he did do a very interesting – Survey of the NFL agents on contracts, free agents, trades that were made this year, and some really good quotes on the Julio Jones to the Titans situation that I wanted to uh, run back. We obviously booked this before discovering that Ryan Tannehill would be placed on the COVID list. But for for the purposes of the offense, for the purposes of the offense, it is, I mean, it is, it's not the worst case scenario because the worst case scenario is something knocks one of these guys out for the season now. Again, not necessarily understanding the long-term implications for everybody of getting COVID. We understand that, so we can only work within the confines of what we do know. So, on the bright side, if you're looking for it, it is not, never good to have a COVID-19 infection. But, if you're talking about for the purposes of the season, and I don't mean to be cold and insensitive that way, but I think most of you 
uh, understand that I'm genuine in my concern for these guys to not just treat it as a, you know, who next up situation. Maybe maybe make a joke about, well, now they have to keep both Matt Barkley and Logan Woodside because their main quarterback's on the COVID list. But I'm... Well, we now know we won't see him on Saturday. Yeah, definitely not going to be out there. Yeah, if we didn't know before, we know now. And to that point, because I'm sure people have questions about how could this potentially affect the preseason game on Saturday against the Bears, safe to assume that, uh, and, and really, I shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say the word assume about any of this because there's a lot that we don't know. But John Robinson made the implication today at his press conference, having just concluded about 20 minutes ago, that there would not be any implications for the preseason game on Saturday, which at least makes you feel better. Now, they cannot know that without certainty because there are still a couple of days to go. And as we know, the incubation period can be complicated for some people. But um, more than anything, and Julio Jones, by the way, has just run off after the stretch period. So I guess if Ryan Tannehill in practicing, he's like, yeah, you know, what's the point? Do you know he's practiced before? So, uh, do we count today as a practice for Julio Jones? Do you want to? Do you want to count today if he's out? Well, do we count Tuesday? If we count Tuesday, we count today, right? No, because a little more. At least Tuesday, it was he was going eleven on eleven jog through, though it may have been right. Like that's actually the running of route concepts and and working with the quarterback. This is literally he just went through the stretch and jogged back into the facility. Part of me thinks that people just want to see him in a uniform, right? Just. See him in pads. Like, okay, and just be reassured by that. This is happening in other places, too, by the way. Andrew Volert and uh, left tackle Eric Fisher of the Colts have both just been placed on the COVID list. So, you know, Cam Newton, Cole Beasley, like, this is all you saw. You saw the – I'm sure many of you saw the tweet this morning from Bill's wide receiver, Isaiah McKenzie. Apparently, they just have the anti-vax committee in the wide receiver room in Buffalo. Like, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> it's but, their home base. It's, <laughs> That's, that's where they planted the flag of ignorance, <laughs> right there in the middle of Buffalo. Wings and Rona, come get some. The McKenzie thing could be the dumbest thing in sports this week. I, it's just, I'm so, because there's a difference. So what Bruce Arians is doing is sick shaming people. All right, can we play? Can we? Because I love Bruce Arians. This really pisses me off to hear, to hear him say this because now he's become public enemy number one in Tennessee. But Bruce Arians, so he was talking, this would have been on, Monday or Tuesday, I believe it was on Tuesday, he's talking about the fact that Ryan, he announces to the media corps that Ryan Suckup has COVID. So let's start there. Let's set the table with that. Yeah, I mean, it was everything. It was all contacts were outside. Uh, we had one that went to dinner with some guys that uh, did test positive today. So he went to dinner with some Titan friends, and that was Ryan Suckup. And um, so he's out for this ball game. All right, so real quick. Him saying, Bruce making the implication that Suckup got COVID from that dinner, and so that's why he's out on Saturday or whenever the Bucks play. Uh, what a what a ridiculous leap! Because I know for a fact that none of the players on the COVID list, for what the seven of the Titans on the COVID list, none of those guys were at the dinner with Ryan Suckup. So if I started to see some different names there, fine. But this I know for a fact. So bad implication by Bruce. Then he doubles down yesterday, speaking to the media. I mean, for us, life is not normal. I mean, we're pretty much under the same protocols. We're going to be under the same protocols as last year just uh, because that's the way it is, especially living here. And, um, I mean, Tennessee come in and going out to dinner, they found out the hard way, you know. And 
so did Ryan. So uh, you can only tell them so much. But I was once we get to 53, even this weekend, our guys going to make a bunch of sacrifices uh, that you have to make now. Families at the hotel, all those things, they're all out the window. Now, there, there's league rules and there's my rules. They ain't going anywhere. We're going same as last year. I don't get. So Tennessee found out the hard way, and then there's league rules, and then there's my rules. All right, Bruce. Like, you're not living in the epicenter of COVID-19 itself. Like, it literally crawled out of the swamp of Florida and onto the shores of Tampa. Bay. I was going to say, he's in Florida. So I mean, he, and listen, he kind of is. <laughs> but he's been great about this. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, from the jump, Bruce Arians and Ron Rivera have been two of the f- most front-facing voices, if that even makes sense, but you know what I'm saying. They've been out there more than any other people in the NFL about the situation. Maybe Mike Zimmer with the Vikings, because you know he's pissed off, too, about the way that this is going with his team. So how the hell are we sitting there pointing figure, fingers at this? It's just, it's it's such an irritate, and I'm not going to spiral back into the into what I did the first segment, because I, I feel like I'm going to annoy people if I keep doing that. I, I literally told Lucas during the commercial break, I said, hey, if, it, if I get to be too whiny and complaining today, like, just do throw a Liam Neeson at me. Throw some sparklers at me. Like, let's just let's just lighten this thing up a little bit so to, to knock me off my death spiral that I was going into to start the show. But I, I do find it a ridiculous assumption to say that Tennessee found out the hard way like his dudes aren't doing the exact same thing right now. I appreciate Bruce's op- opinion of himself and holding his team to a higher standard because I do believe him to, to be – genuine when he says that he's talking about a situation there's league rules and then there's my rules that I respect that is a champion that is a championship mentality that you're going to go above and beyond what everybody else is doing to make sure that you can achieve the ultimate goal I do have respect for that but when you start making careless allegations about where your dudes that tested positive may have gotten it from I'm sorry, but you just, we cannot, we cannot be doing the sick shaming thing again in the playing football in the middle of a pandemic. I hate to bring Ben Standing of the Athletic into the middle of this conversation because today has already been a bleep show, Ben, but I appreciate you taking some time to join us. I hope your morning's going a little better than it is in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I see you guys have uh, so, some news going for sure. Big, big news with that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I Ben Ben is here today because of a piece that he wrote for theathletic.com uh at theathletic.com at the athletic NFL is where you can find it. He took a survey of NFL agents on a lot of these deals, 33 33 different representatives uh across the league of a lot of these deals, a lot of these transactions, trades, free agency, things of that nature that came to pass over the last offseason. So I guess Ben, kind of, kind of set the stage for the audience to to why you thought why this is a fun piece for you to write, and what kind of information you were able to glean uh, from about the league from their perspective. Sure, uh, this is the third survey that I've done, and you know, I, uh, you know, obviously in, in covering, I cover the Washington football team primarily, and, and you know, you're doing so, you gotta talk to agents. Uh, some some view it as a necessary evil, some yeah. view it as, hey, that's obviously these, this is an important. Uh, important source, and that's kind of how I view it. Because sure, they're not on the field playing, they're not they're not calling the plays from the sidelines, they're not drafting or signing players, they're not paying the players. 
but they're at the intersection of all of these things. They're representing the players either to get new contracts or, you know, they even just, you know, the lower end just to try to get a, get a shot at a, at a training camp uh, spot. Or, um, uh, you know, you know they, they have to deal with these, these teams, not just for this one player, but for players for years to come. And how do you balance that relationship being firm, for what you need in the moment, but knowing that you got to come back to them at some point and, and so on. So, and they, you know, they all just talk to one team. They, in theory, talk to all the teams um, and at all different stages of the, of the NFL calendar. So that's what makes to me an interesting, um, an interesting source to get it, to get their perspective because they do have it on, on a lot of different fronts. They're really at the intersection of a lot of what goes on in the NFL. So this, this last off season, unlike any off season before it, for obvious reasons, for the reasons that we're talking about Ryan Tannehill on the COVID list today in Tennessee, um, the, the market at several positions, particularly wide receiver was as stunted as any, uh, any season that I've seen before. Now we understand that the salary cap took about a $16 million haircut this year. So this was going to be the effect, no matter what the position but what what did your what did your conversations kind of bear out about how difficult it was to find deals for some of these guys, even dudes who were at the top of the market, like Kenny Galladay, for example? Yeah, for sure. One of the questions posed was sort of what was the most interesting or uh, interesting contract or deal, or what was the, most, the you know the best move or whatever you know sort of, of some of a nebulous kind of a sure. topic. And one one that 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 came up a lot was. The, uh, the wide receiver market, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with Pittsburgh was one that came up specifically because it was, you know, you initially that he could get a pretty lucrative contract. He ends up signing a, you know, pretty meager one-year, $8 million. I mean, meager for NFL, you know, high-profile receivers, not for, for, for me. Uh, and, you know, there, there was, um, you know, I, I, think, I think part of the issue is, and I don't know how much of this was in the story, but just part of it was, you know, the wide receiver market as a whole is pretty flooded these days. Every year, there's tons of guys coming into the into the league who who could who look to be pretty interesting players at that um, at that position. And then you have some unique circumstances with like an Allen Robinson on a franchise tag, and oh, he didn't make it out there. Um, but Kenny Gallup, I think he actually ended up getting paid a pretty decent amount. But it was kind of a weird structure in the sense that it came like a week after free agency started. Some people kind of knocked the Giants for even giving him. Uh, Perhaps a, mar- a fair market deal when it, it felt like his that his uh, his options had dwindled. Um, but overall, yeah, it, it's a pretty tough market um, right th- this year in particular. I think in part because there's just a lot of options uh, out there. So uh, Ben Standing of the Athletic here with us on 104.5 The Zone. At, to the, to that end, um, speaking specifically with a with a wide receiver transaction, not a free agent signing, but a trade that was done here in Tennessee. One of the biggest moves of the offseason was Julio Jones coming from the Falcons to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, it seems like you got mixed mixed reviews from representatives on this particular transaction. Were you surprised by the kind of answers that you got? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think that, I, uh, you know, I mean, um, I never really believed, for example, he was in play for Washington. But, like, you know, you have to obviously consider Washington doesn't have – yeah, they've got some good receivers, but they don't have anybody at his level. Not, not, not many teams do, obviously. Right. And so you look at the situation, right? He's, he's battled injuries the last couple of years. He also has a massive contract. And, uh, you know, these are kind of risks that if the team is, feels like they're on the cusp of contending, you know, then maybe it makes sense to do it. It feels like the Titans did that. And I think some agents understood that and felt comfortable with it. I think others thought, though, that it was a, just maybe too much of a risk. Um, you know, for the reasons I just said, also there was a component of, hey, did Atlanta really even get enough? Well, why, what was, what's Atlanta 
thinking here. So it was interesting on this one, particularly on both ways. But I, I think in general, people respected the fact that the Titans, a team that's been, you know, in the mix the last couple of years, but hasn't quite, quite got obviously over the hump, hump to the Super Bowl, that this might have been a, a worthy, a, a worthy risk. Um, you know, looking at everything involved. So this is not one of the questions that was included, Ben. But and I'm, I'm curious. You may not have an answer for this. How often in in your conversations with these guys do, do you talk about the idea that some teams, because you bring up the Titans, basically going for it in a way that not a lot of teams are comfortable doing, uh, that whether it be this season or last season or any other season before it. How how often do you have conversations with agents about? Basically, are they surprised by how little some teams are doing to actually try and win? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some of that. Look, obviously, you can read into some of these answers and probably see some bias that creeps in, um, you know, because of experiences agents have had with certain teams or certain circumstances. And that goes into, uh, say, when, when they talk about, you know, it, sometimes if they talk about, well, this team isn't doing enough, it's probably because they had a guy on that team who got spurned or didn't get it the other days that they that they thought. Um, you know, the, the NFL does have a, 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 a minimum. You know, there's a there's a four you have to spend to. So ultimately, everybody has to has to spend enough. And and there's a recognition that some teams like you know the Texans and probably the Jaguars this year are in a in a rebuild mode. Rebuild mode. I think most of the time it's more just about they don't understand what a team is doing from a why did you sign this guy? Why did you trade for that guy? Why you know what are they doing uh, as opposed to spending? But yeah, there obviously are circumstances where they get curious like hey what's going on here? Uh with with the uh, one of the answers there one of the questions that I found most interesting was <laughs> Uh, the one that you posed to these guys or guys and gals about whether quarterbacks should have a say in organizational decisions. Obviously, Tom Brady going, who should have been, frankly, voted executive of the year last year for the way that he pulled the Buccaneers roster together around what they already had. And then uh, the, the conversation about Aaron Rodgers throughout the course of this offseason, how much he felt disrespected and kind of made, whether it was him making a public show or Adam Schefter making a public show on Aaron Rodgers' behalf, how how dangerous is that line though? Because you're you're not only dealing with a player's motivations, but sometimes they're 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 teams, for lack of a better term, a term that drives me crazy. But the team around them can also have influence on an organization's decision because of the player that they represent. Yeah, you know, I, I always go back to for me. I don't know if this is when it started, but you know, with, with, when Phil Jackson coached the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and the team that we saw in the you know the Last Dance documentary and all. And the thing that always stood out to me about Phil Jackson was I don't know if he's the best X and O's coach. If I have to design a, a perfect play at the end of the game or you know what's the strategy to stop the opponent, but what, what clear was he was very good at diffusing situations, diffusing situations and managing personalities. And I think one of one thing that was discussed a lot, and it seems obvious to me as well, is too many of these teams and too many executives are not very good at that. And it feels like maybe that had something to do with what was going on in Green Bay. But there is some blame to go with Aaron Rodgers. He's got a stubborn streak. He's got his own. He's got his own issues as well. But if you're a team that doesn't recognize the power that this guy has, not to mention as Aaron Rodgers himself pointed out in that epic press conference, like you know, there's a lot of institutional knowledge here. And you know, if you're going to build around the team around this guy quarterback the most important position he's you know been one of the best players at that position in the history of the sport it does seem logical that you would want to get his input <laughs> into what's happening and why you know well, what do you think we should do which does it which is different than saying hey Aaron Rodgers thinks we should draft a left tackle in the first round let's do that no that's why you do have executives that's why there is a separation you're an employee you're, you're a player you're not 
the, the executive, you have to make these other calls. But, you know, it does seem like teams who are good at handling personalities and, 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 and people um, understand, hey, we have to listen to them at least to a degree. What you do with that information is another story. But, you know, I think he probably felt he wasn't getting listened to enough, and I think that was part of the problem. Ben Standig of The Athletic. You can go check out his work, his NFL agent survey, the third edition of this kind of uh, this kind of reporting out at theathletic.com. Well worth your subscription. Ben, I appreciate you being flexible with us. It's been a been a bit of a morning here, but it's always good to chat. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no problem. Best best of luck with everything there. And uh, yeah, I hope hopefully talk again. Yeah. Ben Standig of The Athletic here with us on 1045 the zone. All right, we'll come back and we'll talk about the NFL and what they are doing to handle the COVID protocols around the league because they've just rolled out something for players for the first time today. And some of these guys, Isaiah McKenzie, cough, cough, well, maybe not cough, cough, because that's taboo right now, are responding to it poorly. We'll tell you what's going on. Coming up next, I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. I figured out why I'm in a bad mood. I have come to a, uh, what is it, an epiphany? Figured it out, Lucas. I don't think I've let you talk once today. Are you okay back there? I've talked. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I just haven't, just been hovering over this thing. Uh, just uh, I, We haven't said gas bag in a while, but just like a, just a giant looming cloud of hot air <laughs> hovering in front of the microphone. Hogging the ball. I figured it out, though. My shorts are incredibly long today. Oh. They're covering all of my thigh. It's the first time that this has happened basically since, like, April when I started wearing shorts again. It's laundry day, and they, like, straight up almost, they almost come down to my knees. It's offensive. And the sky is out. The sky is out. But the thighs, they are being restricted. This is, it's, it's directly affecting the blood flow to my brain, I feel. So I think that's, that's the cause of my angst and my anxiety because I had to put on like grown up shorts today to come into work. 615-737-1045 is how you get involved over the course of today's show. If you want to react to any of the news, Ryan Tannehill going on the COVID list. You've got Harold Landry there, Jeff Swaim. Uh, the good news being. What you can find of it. Forgive that sigh. <laughs> I'm trying. There's there's seven guys on the COVID list right now over the course of the last three, four days. But there are dudes returning. Julio Jones, even if he just went through stretch today, that's important. A.J. Brown, this is his third practice in a row since Adam Schefter reported a knee injury. I don't know. He doesn't seem to think that report is accurate, by the way. A.J. Brown, because he was muttering something about... <laughs> muttering something about propaganda while he was walking off the practice field. <laughs> just under his breath. <laughs> just, you know, just spitting generally at anybody. Hey, that Schefter would... got that from somebody. Oh, sure. And it listen. That was an Adam Schefter thing. It's a, and and more off almost, almost every time. All right? Because Schefter's not perfect. None of us are. We all get stuff wrong from time to time. But Schefter's word you can take as near gospel. 615-737-1045. Now, sometimes it lacks the context because he's he has been in he's been in some murky waters lately. Lately, Schefter has. Whether it's the Aaron Rodgers thing on draft day where he wasn't necessarily reporting the news, but he was reporting 
conversations being had around the subject matter, whether it's what happened with Dak Prescott a couple weeks ago where he basically said he, he made a comment on one of these ESPN shows about Dak may not, he may not be right for the rest of the season, may not be healthy for the rest of the season, and people ran with it as a report he had to put out. I mean, not a retraction, but he basically had to walk back his comments after he said it. So Schefter's been like in this weird middle ground lately. And maybe people are just taking it. Shocking to know when people on the internet are just taking things too literally. 615-737-1045. Danny is in Murfreesboro. He wants to weigh in. What's up, Danny? Hey, what's up, Buck? I just wanted to talk about Bruce Arians for just a second. I'm just, uh, I'm kind of curious. I'm not really curious. I'm not curious at all. I know exactly how I feel about it, actually. Bruce Arians can, like, screw himself with a cactus, man. Oof. He has no business and no right and no, no, just no business making vague and unsubstantiated assumptions that a dinner that people who don't even have COVID attended are somehow the cause of a COVID outbreak amongst vaccinated people three states away from him. It's the most irresponsible, pig-headed, dangerous thing that he could have said in this situation because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I, I, don't, I don't disagree, honestly, Danny. And, and like I said, I, I hate it because I love Bruce Arians. I respect the man. But now he's public enemy number one in Tennessee. You, you saw the way, or at least you heard the way, you may, be, may have read the way that Mike Vrabel handled it after he tested positive. Because I remember very clearly after he announced to us that he all, announced to all of us on, what was that, Sunday, while I'm sitting in an airport surrounded by Florida COVID people <laughs> waiting to get on the plane. He said that he'd tested positive, and Teresa Walker of the AP, her follow-up was, well, do you have any idea how you may have gotten it. And he basically said, yeah, you know, I apologize, Teresa, but we're not going to get in to all that. That's, that's a, not a, not a productive exercise. And then what does Bruce Arians do? He just turns around and say, yeah, Tennessee learn the hard way. So <laughs> our kicker, he's got COVID because he went to dinner with a bunch of Titans, except ignoring the fact that none of the Titans who were on the COVID list, whether they've tested positive or not, were at that dinner. So reckless assumptions being made. All around. This is, and by the way, the cactus visual, that's a tough one. That sounds very uncomfortable. That's much more unpleasant than when I tell people to sit and spin. 615-737-1045 if you want to jump in on the on the conversation or just, you know, as, as Danny did, just rip Bruce Arian's head off. <laughs> what we are going to talk about, though, over the course of today, and by the way, the Titans are on the practice field right now. We'll have their media availability. It's I know that Mike Vrabel will speak via Zoom at 1.30. I'll be on that conference call, and I assume, Lucas, that you'll carry that on Blaine and Mickey. We're not sure who's going to speak to us at the podium today. We've had Shane Bowen. We've had, uh, we've had Todd Downing. So one would assume that Craig Aukerman, who's been kind of assuming the head coach responsibilities or at least running the practices like he is the associate head coach or alternate head coach or interim head coach, however you want to phrase it, I would assume that we hear from Craig Aukerman at some point, but that has not yet been confirmed. There are a lot of holes in this that you're trying to fill in the gaps of. You're trying to piece together the information. Here's here's the biggest thing, though, where here's the biggest thing that I look at this and say why I feel that Bruce Arians is being so incredibly reckless about his comments. The the timeline for the incubation period doesn't line up with Suckup and then the rest of these guys. So 
it's not a perfect science, obviously, but more often than not, it's about five days after exposure that you start to see guys pop up with positive tests. In this case, we're talking about nearly seven days, a full week that has passed between the, the dinner itself and guys starting to test positive for COVID-19. So if you're just simply to look at the precedent for the incubation period and the timeline thereafter, it is nothing is a safe assumption when it comes to COVID. But in this particular sense, the timeline doesn't add up for the kind of things that Bruce Arians is saying publicly in a way that I do agree is very, very reckless. There are, uh, Aukerman is not there, says Amy. So apparently uh, for the practices, that's interesting. That would, because that's, I, I'm obviously not at practice today because we're doing the radio show. They move practice time up. I'm not happy about it, but you know, what are you going to do? So basically, instead of taking attendance with the players today, I had asked a couple of people in my Titans media group chat to see, and this was going to be the plan anyway, to take coaching attendance today. Because that's far more, it's not more concerning. Any of these positive tests or being placed on the COVID list concern me. But I want to know, coaches have the ability, because of the rooms that they're working in, to affect far more people than just one individual player. 615-737-1045. You guys are, are loading up the phone lines. We'll come back. We will react to all of these things. We'll tell you what's going on at Titans practice as well. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone.